no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, recap the Bears' victory over the Seahawks and much, much more. A-Dub, what's a good word, my guy? And your boy over here just chilling, man. Checking out the 98 Bulls. Watch them win that six championship prayers. Nice, man. I like that, man. See, A-Dub over here got some championship vibes he bringing to the show today. I see you, son. I see you, son. <laughs> yeah, man. That was a good time, man. Just watching Jordan the crew. So I always enjoy that. Game six, baby. There'll never be nothing like it, bro. That shot, man. You know, that game winner. But I tell you one thing, man. Our Chicago Sky, man, I'm not making no comparisons, but listen, talking about championship DNA, they advanced to the semis, A-Dub. That game was fucking fire. Chicago State of Mind, the lady show. No disrespect to any of our <laughs> audience that are from New York, but, you know, I'm just saying. Chicago State of Mind. Congrats to them for advancing to the next round. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Well, look, A-Dub, man, it's good to hear from you. I'm happy to be back. Audience, sorry for the delay. Your boy prayers took a couple of days away. Need a little time <laughs> just to kind of recharge them batteries. I'm back, back in the building, feeling good. But A-Dub, man, let's get into it, bro. Now, this is the last time we get on this here mic. It's been a lot of shit that's been going down with Roquan and that situation that continues to just have a lot of weirdness associated with it. Now we see that Roquan has made the decision to just kind of put the negotiations to the side. Him and Ryan Poles, they obviously weren't, you know, finding any sort of common ground. But I want to get your thoughts, A-Dub, on how you feel that this situation is going to play out with Roquan. Because now you got a player that's going into the season, a little bit of a lame duck situation, and we know the organization has at their disposal the ability to put that franchise tag on. Well, as you can see with that, Perez, he doesn't have a lot of control of, serve, of his destination. So with that, all he can do, he's mad, upset, take the anger out on the field, man, and crush somebody. So Roquan's situation where now he just got to show out what he's worth by going on that field, man, and doing what he do best. Yeah, man, I keep telling, you know, people that they've just been asking me about this, you know, outside of our show here. And they're like, man, what do you think with this situation? I'm like, Roquan's a professional. Now, I know that there's been some things that some people feel that he's done that has been unprofessional. But at the right. end of the day, this is a guy that's trying to get his money. On the last show, A-Dub, I talked to Roquan. I had a special message for him. Still feel the same way. I wish he wouldn't have other people trying to talk for him on his own behalf. If you're going to be the quote-unquote agent Roquan, don't be having uncertified people calling around the league. That St. Omni, whatever that guy was, that shit was weird. You know, it's just, you just kind of making yourself look a little foolish. Now, we all know that 58, when the season comes, that dude's going to make shit happen. I mean, the first practice he showed up to, man, he blew up David Montgomery in the backfield. We know what we're going to get for 58 when the season starts. My issue, though, is I hope that he could put this bad taste in his mouth behind him because he has some things to say about the organization, A-Dub, that I kind of like scratched my head a little bit and was like, I mean, it's not good to hear because he kind of put it on record, man. He said he didn't feel trust with this new front office. 
Well, you also got to understand the new front office don't really know him like that, Perez. They're trying to figure you out what kind of player you really are. They want to offer a certain amount of contract to you. They haven't seen enough yet from you. So right now, you got to show them what your value really is to this team, man. So go out there and play. But to your point, Perez, you can't be out there causing distraction for other players that we talked about. You just got to go out of the field, man, understand that you are under contract, and go out there and perform. I mean, dude, good point, A-Dub, because I think what Roquan learned with this situation, which is reason 2,475 why he needs to have an agent, because <laughs> he got a hard lesson on how business works in football. It's not nice. <laughs> you know, that shit probably, feel, it probably didn't feel so good, man. I mean, he, it, it probably didn't feel so good, A-Dub, him hearing things from the negotiator, hearing things from the GM, because that's what they do in a negotiation. They're picking a player apart. Right. And they're supposed to, right? They're supposed to talk about the good and the opportunities, right? In those negotiations, right? You talk about you want to get paid, they got to look and say, why well, you don't feel like you worth that much money. And that's just the way it go, right? You can't get emotional about that. And when you do get upset, keep it within that camp. Don't, don't bring it out to the public, man. You had a safe space where you could do that. And you decided you chose not to. You brought it out in the open. And now people are looking at you a little bit different. But you got a chance to right those wrongs by just going out there and playing good football. I mean, I think what it came down to, A-Dub, is that Ryan Poles, he drew a line in the sand with Roquan. I think Roquan, he saw the deals out there that Shaquille Leonard got, and he wanted to break the bank. He wanted to reset the market at his position. Ryan Poles wasn't interested in doing that. And the thing is with Ryan Poles, Ryan Poles are trying to be smart about the finances when it comes to the Bears. He's been doing it pretty much ever since he took over this team here. So Roquan has to really understand that. I mean, you saw all the all-season moves that were made. I mean, come on, Roquan, you're not blind, man. You see what's going on. Yeah, but he did make one point. I know when the media assembled, they asked him, hey, what about the prospect that you potentially get in the franchise tag? And he had a little bit of a different response than Allen Robinson, you know, which Allen Robinson was like, man, fuck this franchise tag. Until <laughs> he saw the wide receiver deals that won't get any picked that shit up. Remember, we joked about that. But right. A-Rob, he didn't really like the idea of the franchise tag on him. Where, while Roquan, A-Dub was kind of like, well, shit, that franchise tag is going to pay me double what my salary is this year. So he seemed more kind of intrigued by the idea. Yeah, and that's an option that could possibly happen at that time. <laughs> you know, so, hey. Why not, man? If you can't get a good contract you're looking for, why not play it on out and play it through? Because the Bears very well could franchise second. Yeah, I think they will, bro. <laughs> Honestly, you know what I mean? Uh, I, I'm i looking at this situation, and I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, all right, Ryan Poles, obviously to your point, A-Dub, he's got a plan. Roquan's an off-the-ball linebacker. Ryan Poles is like, why am I going to give this guy this $100 million contract when I don't even know the team? I don't even know the setup of what we're doing. But right. one thing for Roquan to consider, this defense that he's about to play in is the same defense that Leonard fucking went off in. So all Roquan's got to do, just go in there, play his ass off. I guarantee you that the opportunities for Roquan, whether it's here in Chicago or with another organization, they're going to come. Because this system, we can't sit up here and say that it don't work. That right. hits principle. I know Jalen Johnson feel a different kind of way about the hits they dub. <laughs> hey, the proof is in the pudding, baby. Exactly. It works. The hit principle work, man. So take full advantage of it, Roquan. Play even better than when you played last season. That's what you got to do. Show that dog in you, man. Make some plays. Make some things happen. Money will come. It will come. Because, I mean, listen, I talked about it on last week's episode. David Montgomery is about to find himself in a similar situation with Ryan Poles. And I feel like David Montgomery probably even sees the writing on the wall. While I want David Montgomery to be here, 
We don't even know how that situation is going to play out. Running back, as I continue to say on this show, A-Dub, is becoming more and more undervalued in this NFL. It really is, man. You know what? I like how David Montgomery is handling things. He's not making a stick out of anything. He's not making a big deal out of nothing. He's just trying to go about his business, get healthy, and get on that field and play. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just how David Montgomery is, man. I mean, he's been that way since he's come here. The guy just puts in that work, tireless leader, you know, I mean, tireless worker, a leader within that offense. So we should be okay. I mean, I like the way David Montgomery even talked about the situation. A-Dub, he was like, look, I just come here to play football. And he said, Roquan's situation has got nothing to do with me. So while maybe privately he may be watching, at least publicly, he's saying all the right things. Yeah, he is saying all the right things. I mean, when you think about running backs, and not just in the NFL, but think about running backs here in Chicago. So Matt Forte. You remember when he was going through his contract negotiations back with Phil Emery and the fan base? We were all saying, pay Matt, pay Forte, right? Because the Bears, during those negotiations, they franchise tagged Matt Forte before they gave him that four-year extension that he got for $32 million, which I'm looking at what David Montgomery is going to be looking at. I'm sure it's going to be a lot more than that four-year $32 million that Matt Forte got back in 2012. <laughs> yeah, that money, man. Changed a little bit, friends, over the years, man. So... I hope the guy do get that kind of money, man, because, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Dave Montgomery. The cat the cat runs pretty hard, that you and I know, man. A lot of great things about how he plays. So I hope he can definitely get a chance to stick around because I love the duo between him and Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Now, I will say this. I want the fans to realize this. Well, it's easy for us to say how a guy should handle his negotiations because we're not in that situation. It's not our money that's at stake here. We got to also realize that, man, these players, they got emotions, which is why True. Roquan just needs an agent. I just feel like he needs a block. <laughs> but it's okay if he feels disrespected by the offer that came across. I, I understand that because all of these guys should be able to maximize their earning potential. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I respect Roquan for standing his ground. He's like, look, okay, that's your offer. That's your best offer, quote unquote. Well, I don't accept it. So I'm going to end these negotiations now and I'm going to go out there and play. And I want the fan base to recognize and realize that with these players, if they go out and get hurt, the organization can cut these players at, at the drop of a hat. Right. They can release you. Don't think twice about it. They can trade your ass away. So I think when players have the ability to have leverage, they have to use it. I just think in this situation, Roquan didn't use his leverage the right way. And, and Ryan Poles kind of, he kind of took him to the shed, man. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Foles did take them to school a little bit, Perez. But I think you're right. Players are going to feel how they feel. I got no issues with that whatsoever. I think when you make it go public like that and make a big stick out of it, and now it becomes a distraction to the team in many ways, whether the player is going to side with the player or side with the organization, I get it, man. But the thing is, that distraction is what I care mostly about, what it can do for the rest of the players that are around who are watching it. Yeah, I just think that Roquan is going to be a professional. He's shown up, even though he didn't practice much until, like, you know, like I said, as of a couple of days ago. But I think he's not – I don't think we have to worry about anything with Roquan being a distraction. I think, though, the way Ryan Poles handled this negotiation, it sends a message to that locker room that, hey, listen, I'm in charge here. You know what I mean? I'm new to town here. You got to prove it to me. I don't care what you did in the past. You need to do it here in front of us. He's not playing around, bro. Right. He, he really isn't. Show me. No, you had a good point, man. All that stuff don't matter. It's all about what you're going to do for this team, what you're going to do now under this regime. Show me what you got. 
make it happen. Then we can talk about negotiating your contract and what your value really is at. No, and, and, and now one other point to think about when it comes to a David Montgomery, because obviously two different players, two different situations. But when you look at David Montgomery's kind of like window of a contract, look at what Nick Chubb signed for with the Browns. I think he had a three-year, almost $34, $35 million contract. I don't have it in front of me. But I don't think the Bears will come that close to paying David Montgomery that type of money. I hate to even say those words out of my mouth. I know, audience, and I know that they got the cap space. I just don't see Ryan Poles doing it. I honestly think that after this season, you're going to see the Bears do a timeshare at their running back position. I really think that that's how they're going to handle that position going forward. Hey, look. It won't surprise me at all, Perez, because we see Khalil Herbert is on his way up. Bears are going to trust Khalil Herbert to, to, to be that guy. Then that means that, hey, Dave Montgomery's like, hey, look, you may be, as you and I talked about before, maybe on the outside looking in. You know, they might just say, go ahead and move on, go somewhere else and do your thing there. But it doesn't mean that Montgomery didn't give us what we needed out of him. It's just that we got someone else who can do the job just as good. Yeah, but see, that's the thing, though, is like, we saw glimpses from Khalil Herbert. I think Khalil Herbert is going to be a very fine football player. But we also see what David Montgomery can bring to the table, too. And like I got to tell people, he's one of the most underrated damn players in the NFL, not just fucking running back position, one of the most underrated players in the league. And so I think that it's very – we got to be very careful with the fact that how we look at a David Montgomery, which to your point, A-Dub, is probably how the organization is looking at it. They're thinking Herbert's going to be our guy. He's waiting in the wings. Sometimes when you look at intangibles of a guy, David Montgomery and that running style, while they're probably also looking at the fact that he's injured a lot, his running yeah. style is probably going to cause his career to probably be a little bit on the shorter side because he runs so physically. But that yeah. is the thing that endears him to this fan base. That is the thing that I love about him is that it's going to take more than one or two tacklers to bring this fucking guy down. He's a warrior. Yeah, I agree. He is a warrior. But you had a good point we talk about for how long. Because you know what that spot, those knowledge, those hard runs, they add up for us. Those hits, they add up. You know, all that stuff, man. Then you think about his health, how is he going to be? So I think the fans, how we feel about him versus his play, that's going to be two different things that the organizations will probably have to evaluate. And I do feel bad for him if you get the short-handed stick. But for me, I, I love David Montgomery. I would love to see him on his team because this guy creates a lot, man. It's heart and soul. Yeah, but I would say don't feel too bad for him because even if the opportunity doesn't come here in Chicago, some team's going to give him some money. He's he going to get paid. You know, I just yeah. hope that – I hope it's here. I hope that they can come to some sort of a happy medium. If he's looking for that Nick Chubb money, I don't see it happening. I really don't. Just just saying, if we see anything about Ryan Poles, man, he's very deliberate in how he works. I mean, look at the type of guys he prioritized in free agency. He would not be here trying to be dropping a bunch of money like Ryan Pace used to do. Ryan Pace used to just throw money at people left and right. I think Ryan Poe's going to have a way different approach to free agency. And look at this draft class that Ryan Poe's brought in here. I think that's the way that he's going to build this team up, is he's going to build this team up through the draft, which is the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. Through the draft. I'm looking to do things a little bit differently here in Chicago. And that's just the way it's going to be as long as Ryan Poe's is here. So listen, A-double-N and audience, we're going to see how it all plays out. One thing I want to get your thoughts on before we get into the nuts and bolts of this episode, Mike Marks, Mad Mike. You guys remember this guy. 
former offensive coordinator for the Bears, who Jay Cutler has some very colorful things to say about back in the day. He's also <laughs> the guy responsible for us trading away Greg Olson, which I hate it. One of the worst trades that this organization has ever made. However, I want to get your thoughts on Mike Marsh's takes on not only this Bears offense, but Justin Fields as a whole. I mean, Justin Fields as well, A-Dub, because he said, and I quote, Fields is a guy that makes a lot of mistakes and is not particularly accurate at times. He says he's not a quick read and react guy, and he's on a horrendous team. He said, I don't know if I've seen an offense that bad in talent since the 0-16 Detroit Lions back in 2018. They just don't have anybody there. It's a bad football team right now. That is a lot to unpack. Yes, the hell it is a lot to unpack, but I can understand where he's coming from because the Bears haven't showed him anything just yet. So the way he feels about Justin Fields is something I really want to challenge him just a little bit on. I get you right. He's not the the quickest read and react guy. We've seen it time and time, Chris, uh, with Justin Fields, but we also seen him get better. So the thing is, has Mike Mars been watching Justin Fields continue to get better? Because when he's on a roll, when he's rolling out, uses speed, mobility, he'd make pretty quick plays and quick quick throws. So the thing is, you got to be very careful how you're looking at Justin Fields. As far as the team go, Perez, I can understand where you're going. A lot of folks are predicting the Bears not to do anything. A lot of people talked about the wide receiver group. You know that, Perez. You heard a lot about that already. But let's see what these guys can do. Let's give them a chance for making all these kind of judgments about them. No, I mean, I, Ada, you know, I love and respect you. I, I appreciate you. But I think you went a little – Light on Mike. And it's probably just because you're a gentleman. I'm not so much of a gentleman. Because <laughs> Mike Marcy's to say the fuck out of Chicago Bears business. Shut the fuck up, Mike. Nobody gives a damn about what you think about this team. Now, I know A-Dub in the audience, y'all, y'all probably listening in right now saying, well, prayers, Mike Marks, he he was a coordinator over the greatest show on turf with the Rams. That's cute. <laughs> but stay the fuck out of Chicago Bears business. We don't care what you think about our quarterback. He's our quarterback. And to the point that you made, A-Dub, you're right. There is some truth to what he said about Justin and his game. That's fine. But I'm sorry. Don't be worried about Justin Fields in this system. He's going to be just fine. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be fine. Now, this has been a frustrating offseason just because there's been a lot of shit going on. We lost a lot of our favorite players. We talked about that so much, right? We see how this Roquan situation has been. There's just been a lot of weird shit that's been going on. We're probably going to lose a couple of our even more. We're going to probably lose a couple more of our favorite players over the next season or two. But I would just say this. Ryan Poles is trying to build something here. The mess that Ryan Pace left this organization is, Okay, you might be right that this is not a good football team. In your opinion, you have a right to your opinion, Mike. But in my opinion, you need to shut the fuck up. So, (laughs) which one of us is right? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, I can't say neither one of y'all are wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But it is what it is, man. He got his opinion. You're right, Perez. A lot of question marks in his opinion. And he's the one that can be proven wrong pretty quickly. What has he done, A-Dub, since he lived off of coaching Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, and all them guys? And, I mean, if I want to – if we if we, if he really wanted to smoke, Dick Vermeil was the coach of that team, Mike. You was just riding coattails. What, what have you done? Ooh. You came here to Chicago and stuck up the place. Jay, to- Jay Cutler said, fuck you. 
just like I'm saying, fuck you. It's always going to be fuck you when it comes to Mike Martz. Man, I think Mike Martz, again, going to have to learn. Well, he will find out the hard way, right? Because I still think Justin Fields is the guy that can definitely surprise the hell out of him. Like, look, dude, this kid is really the real deal. Just watch. Take note. You know, we've seen a lot of things that he's done well over the course. With his footwork that we talked a lot about, Perez, his mechanics. So it's like, look, give this rook, not a rookie, be the second-year player, a chance. I'm quite sure you're going to be impressed as well. But don't go talking because now it's preseason. It's too early for you to talk to make those kind of um, statements. Nomura is going to come back to haunt him. Justin Fields <laughs> is in his second year. We already know what the fuck he dealt with last year. We already know the receiving quarter he has. We already know that the offensive line is going to have some challenges potentially. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, there's going to be some pain points here. But I'm not going to write off the kid. Give him a goddamn chance. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's so easy for these quote-unquote analysts to sit back and say that this team sucks, say that this offense is, is, is going to be terrible. We're still in the damn preseason. Like, right. damn. Stop talking <laughs> shit about my football team. Now, you know, A-Dub, that if they play like trash and if they're trash, you are not going to come for them. Right. But it's the preseason. None of us know what the fuck's going to happen. We don't know what this season's going to be for this team. He has to really lighten up a little bit because he used some strong words when he said horrendous. I'm like, damn, okay, all right, man. Calm that down, man. Take that base out your boys, bro. Give this team a chance, man. A little bit at least. And you're going to compare us to the goddamn Detroit Lions? Fuck the goddamn Lions. The Detroit <laughs> Lions, Mike Martz? Man, fuck you, bro. Seriously, that was the shit that pissed me off. I'm like, ain't nothing about this team ever going to be compared to the goddamn Lions. The Lions are our little brothers out here in this NFC North. No, that is true. <laughs> and we have proven that too as well. So, Mike, be careful, man. So anyway, enough about him. I, I will probably never talk about Mike Martz again on this show. Fuck that guy. But Jaquan Brisker, hey, Dub, this guy, one of the guys that we've been really high on, I think he's going to be the best in the draft class. We talked about that. Enough said. So we see here with Jaquan Brisker, you and I have been very high on him. We both said, listen, we both said a lot of shit. I say he's going to be the best in the draft class. You say he's going to make the Pro Bowl. Whatever. I think this kid <laughs> is going to have a phenomenal season. But I feel like a little setback here with that thumb injury, A-Dub. Now, we don't know if he's going to be back for the season opener, but you you hate to see a guy like this that we're going to be depending a lot on sustaining an injury like this. I don't want to see nothing happen to this kid, man. And I just want him to be out there playing, being consistent. I mean, we know how good he is for us. I want to see him continue to grow from where he's currently at right now. But, yeah, I hate those little minor setbacks, and I do hope they can come back for week one. And I hope so, too. I mean, because, you know, we saw that, you know, with Lucas Patrick also dealing with a thumb injury, he had surgery, and they're predicting that he should probably be back around the same time. So we'll see what he, well, we'll see what happens. But I'm just telling you, man, everything that I saw with him at Hallis Hall, you saw when you were out there. We saw that the game when we went to it. The way that this kid plays, bro, physical, man. And you know how I always talk about how I love me a ball hawk safety? This kid plays yeah. that way. And he might unlock Eddie Jackson. To get Eddie Jackson back playing that way again. Yeah, because that's the key right there, Perez. It's not just him I'm worried about. I think he'll be fine, the kid. You know, I'm worried about Eddie Jackson. That's the big concern for me. Well, we'll see what happens. But I would say, honestly, with the preseason kind of starting to wind down here, the starters, they're not going to play as much anyway, right? And so right. I'm okay, fine. You know, it's not an ideal time to have that injury. But week one, we'll see if he's out there. I think that's going to be the bigger thing. I think this defense, A-Dub, is going to 
is going to surprise some people. And yeah. when you got a guy like that out there that's going to be making plays, Bears fans, it's going to be so easy for all of us to fall in love with number nine out there this season. I just love the way he play. I love his that DNA. I love that he just got that dog in him, man. I know p- people say that shit so much now, and it's so it's so played out to me in a sense because they don't say that about everybody. All these folks that y'all be talking about got that dog in them. They ain't got that dog in them. This kid got that dog in him. Yes, he does, man. This kid gonna be special, and I'm looking forward forward to covering this kid and watching him play. Yes, sir. He done. Yes, sir. Let's talk about some of these cuts that were made, man. So, Daz Newsom. And this is a guy that you and I had on our radar, and we said, Daz, you're going to have to step it up, man, because if you don't, it might be a casualty to get cut. Well, Daz Newsom was one of the notable guys that got cut. Hey, Doug, what did you think about that decision to cut Daz Newsom? I was like, damn, he didn't take full advantage of this opportunity. You can tell, Perez, that other players on this team outshined him, outperformed him at various positions, whether it's punt return, whether it's you know, playing wide receiver, position you just didn't see enough from Daz and because of that this is kind of the thing that can happen some of it was unfortunate like the month you know punt return where he ended another player ran into him I think was Tuggle but it's like still man it just just wasn't enough being done from you enough production that led to this point and we're talking about from preseason back to even training camp so it just added up for us and didn't get a good showing from him I think it just says a lot about the fact that Ryan Poles has a type of guy that he wants on his football team. Daz Newsom was a Ryan Pace draft pick, six-round draft pick, right? Right, right. He was on the practice squad most of last season because he broke that collarbone. So Daz Newsom's career, really, it never really got a chance to take off. And that's why I was excited. I was hoping that we were going to see a little bit out of Daz. So to your point, we saw some solid plays for him. The touchdown, that reverse, where he showed a little bit of that speed, that was all well and fine. But the fact that they cut him when we have all these issues with that wide receiver position with the injuries, no one's maybe no one outside of Darnell Mooney, in my opinion, has basically stepped up and said, Hey, I'm gonna be that guy, right? So the fact that they cut him says a lot really about how they view him. And I would say Daz didn't take advantage of his opportunity. The damn drop passes, catch the goddamn football. You can't touch if you can't catch the football. Dude, you ain't going to have a shot in the damn league. If you drop it passes, I need to see you out there on the jugs machine taking in extra reps. You should have been out there with Darnell Mooney, who gets extra rep with the jugs before and after practice. This is our number one receiver. I didn't right. see Daz doing that. And last thing on Daz, his best chance, A-double, making this team was on special teams, and then you talked about him muffing bunts. So if you didn't even impress in that role, then they're like, ah, oh, bye, see you. <laughs> Hey, look, they see rookies showing you up, man. <laughs> you know, Vailus Jones, they're like, hold on, man. Look, 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 you're not making yourself impressive here, Daz. You got the guys on this team that really just taking advantage of the opportunity. You're not doing enough. So it, it, I'll be getting a chance somewhere else, Perez. That's what I hope for, you know, take this learning opportunity, get another chance somewhere else, and try to come there prepared and do what you need to do to get on that roster. Well, I think that's why they also cut him a little bit earlier on so he's got a chance to, to catch on with another team. So – you know, we'll see. Yep. Good, good luck to him. But like I said, just one of those things. He didn't take advantage of his opportunity, and an opportunity was there because we talked it about it. Tajay Sharp, he stepped up and rose to the occasion a little bit. Who We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show about some of our camp standouts, but he's one of them. That's a guy that saw an opportunity, and he went out there and did what he needed to do. So, Daz, good luck to your career. 
We're going to have more cuts coming down because the roster stays at 80 right now. They got to get down to 53, A-Dub. Yeah, man. More coming, Prez. More coming, man. And some of these other cuts may not shock you either, but it's like, hey, you know Ryan Poles and the crew, they're not playing any games. No, they're not playing any games at all. Before we get into our recap of the Chiefs game and kind of talk through some of our camp standouts, I did A-Dub want to get your thoughts on what's going on with the offensive line right now. And this is why also when that whole Tevin Jenkins situation was going on and half the fan base wanted to trade the guy out of town, Right. See, right now, the team is looking at him at right guard. And it seems like he's kind of settling into that role. So I want to get your thoughts on what you're thinking about this offensive line right now. Because it looks like Tevin Jenkins is kind of that guy, maybe a right guard. And it's looking like Larry Bourne may be the guy at right tackle. What you thinking about the O line right now, bro? I'm thinking it's getting better, Chris. They still need more time. They still got to get better, of course. But I am liking this tandem between Tevin Jenkins and Larry Bourne. I think those two young cats, man, are really showing us some good signs. I mean, Tevin Jenkins haven't even had a lot of time at the right guard position, as you know, with him being out, being hurt and all that stuff. But showing what he's at now and see what he can do, it's like, whoa, just wait. Give him more time. We'll probably see some better things from him going forward. Some things he's working on, of course, got to clean up. That's part of the process. But we, he's going to get better in that position. And then your boy, right, on that left side, left tackle, Braxton Jones, you talk a lot about him already, Perez. He's making a lot of noise. So this offensive line is starting to shape up a little bit. Not quite where we want it to be. Still some things they got to do. Still got to get better. But it's starting to come to form. Yeah, and I like where you're going with, with those two, you know, gelling together. And, and I think potentially if Tevin doesn't get traded, because I'm still hearing rumors out there that the team could still trade him, which – uh, who knows? You know, you never know with this shit, right? <laughs> right. But in my heart of hearts, I hope that Tevin is a guy that that plays here. I, I think that he could be a really solid right guard. I honestly told anybody that would ask me last year, or I told a lot of people this last year, Dub, I didn't see that Tevin Jenkins was a life a left tackle. You remember when I when when we cut yep. Charles Leno, and I wasn't a fan of Charles Leno, but I questioned the move at the time. I said, I don't know if this kid is a left tackle. You did. I didn't necessarily know if he was a right tackle. I think guard and the way that the kid moves and the nasty demeanor that he has, that may be the better move for the kid. So we'll see what happens, bro. His performance in that game on Thursday against Seattle, I was really impressed by what I saw. And that was his first game in right guard. See? And that's a sign right there, Perez. It's not going to get worse than where he's at. It's going to continue to get better. And right now, I, I think people are questioning what kind of player Tevin Jenkins was as well, right, Perez? Well, you're starting to see that, hey, this kid's no pushover. He's ready. He's ready for the grind. He's ready to show everyone what he can do. And one thing, too, we know that he's going to have things that he's going to have to work on, but so do a lot of the guys. But I would tell right. you, man, he had a really good solid outing out there. And, and at the right tackle spot with Larry Borum, I'm looking at it like with him, most of the spring and most of the summer, Larry Borum was the number one at right tackle. Then we saw that he got demoted to second string behind Riley Reef. Right. Then we haven't seen Riley Reef playing in the preseason. And Larry Borm, as I've told people, he continues to impress. In practice, I like what I've seen. I like the kid's demeanor. Right now, you're looking at a guy, Larry Borm, it's like, no, nah, I know they signed him and brought him in here. This is my spot. <laughs> and that's the good thing you like about this regime as well. They don't care how much money you're making, Chris. That's not the point. It's no. about, hey, the, the job you want, you got to earn it. So if Larry Borm outperforms somebody's making – Eight to ten million. Oh well, <laughs> he outperformed them, and that's what it's all about, right there, Perez. Taking a look at this, 
and not being not showing any kind of bias and just going with the best player for the position. Right, which is a welcome change to that bullshit that we saw in the past. Because when you got a guy, when you have a guy like Larry Borman, Dub, the guy's been the model of consistency. He's done a good job. When you have a guy like that, he's got that mean streak. And that's why the point that you made about that right side of the line, I really love what you were saying there. Because you got two guys over there, man. They ain't going to be playing no games with these teams. <laughs> that's what you like about them. Hey, these players, they tough, man. They ready to play. They ready to show what they can do. So why not let them eat, Perez, if they are the ones for the job? To me, I mean, we, we don't know what they have in mind. But it seems like Jenkins and Borum is that it's their jobs to lose. So if those guys yeah. can continue to go out there and do what they need to do, I think that we're in a good spot here. But you got solid veterans that are there to back up, whether it's a yeah. show field, whether it's a rally. You know what I'm saying? Rally yep. Reef. You got guys there with some experience that can be there in the pitch. You know what I mean? Even a guy like Sam Mustafer, who I have been very critical of in the past, he still should be able to fill in an interim basis while Lucas Patrick is out. But then now, yeah. when Sam Mustafer can go back to his position where I think he's a better fit, is as a backup. Whether it's at the guard position, whether it's at the center position. You know what I mean? Absolutely, Perez. You hit a good good points you make about some of these vets who are still on this roster. So if you can't hold the end of the bargain up, then guess what? The Bears can go to a different direction as well. So that's why it's also good to have veterans on your team who have done it before. But the thing to keep in mind here is I think to the point that you were kind of going down that road, it's going to be a continuous kind of like fluid situation, you know, yeah. and whether it's, I mean, because honestly, if I look at this offensive line, the only guys in my opinion that I think have locked down spots is Braxton Jones and Cody Whitehair. Every other position until Lucas, Lucas Patrick gets back is up in the air. I feel it absolutely the same way, Prince. Nothing is given to these guys. It's all earned. And, um, this is going to play out probably to the beginning of the season and probably still be ongoing at that point. So you guys got to maintain it and, and hold it down. I want to talk through some of the takeaways from camp because you and I spent about two weeks down in Lake Forest, you know, just taking in the environment, lots of notes and audience. We want to just kind of pass some of that over to you. So whether you guys have already heard this from, you know, some other source, well, you haven't heard our notes because right now, one of the biggest things they dubbed that I've just kind of observed from practices is that Cole commit, just in my opinion, the way that Lou Getty has been utilizing him in the practices that I've seen, I think that this kid is going to be a rock star in this office. I think he's going to be a focal point in the way that Getty utilizes him. And just the way that Cole just looks very confident in the system. You know, he just looks like a guy that's primed to break out. I know you and I talked about him being a potential breakout player. But after two and a half weeks there at Hallis Hall, I really feel like Cole Komet is destined to be a big-time player in this offense this season, bro. He is showing that, hey, you know what? I am ready for this. I've been building myself up these past couple of years, watching, being around other tight ends, right, going in that. And now he's put it all together for us. Like, he hits a good point. He feels very comfortable. Out. That's even better. So I expect a lot of Cole Komet this coming season. You mentioned him going to tight end you. And that's, you know, something that we talked about in the show in the past. But yep. you have to put stock in the fact that this guy is working with some of the top tight ends in the game and being able to bring that tutelage to our locker room. He being able to add that to his game. Now, the one thing, 
where Cole Komet that I've always kind of worried about was in his career. He hasn't been a threat down in the red zone. And I'm hoping that we can do a better job in this new system and utilizing him and getting him some more touchdowns and utilizing him in the red zone. Because we know yeah. in the seams, we know Cole Komet can work. I mean, we've seen some yes, of it sir. here in the, in the playoffs so far. You know what I mean? I mean, we've seen that so far in the preseason. Correct. Yeah, he can work the scenes for sure. But you're right. That big body can't be a threat in the red zone. I think they have not utilized that enough last season. But you're right. And they can actually take full advantage of it going forward. Well, this is the thing. We know Darnell Mooney is going to get a shit ton of targets in this offense. But when I look at Cole Komet, I think that he's going to be number two in the recipient of targets. Justin Fields is going to probably utilize both of those guys as his security blanket this season. Without a doubt, Perez. You already talked about, you and I, several times about him and Money Moon, how they work together. But Cole Komet is showing that, hey, look, Justin Fields have no problem coming my way either. So those two guys could rack it all up, Perez, and I can see both hit numbers increasing. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No. You know how earlier I mentioned, A-Dub, that Tajay Sharp took advantage of his opportunities. He, did. he came in here as kind of like at the bottom of the depth chart with a chance to make the roster. Now, in my opinion, A-Dub, I think he's emerged as the number three receiver behind Mooney and Pringle. And those injuries to Nikhil Harry, the injuries to Byron Pringle, it opened up that opportunity for Tajay. And he is really carving out a nice role for himself. And I know everybody wants to focus on that awesome catch that he had, but I've just seen him day in and day out at camp making plays, doing the right things, being in, knowing his assignments, being in the right spots out there. That's what you need, especially for a young quarterback like Justin. He needs to have a guy out there that knows what the fuck he's doing and a guy that Justin can trust. And I like Tajay's route running, Prez. They're running some pretty solid routes as well. you like, okay, this could possibly work. He could be that other guy that emerged into a playmaker for Justin Fields. No, I agree. Because with Vellis Jones, we've talked about him a, a, a shit ton on this show. But Vellis Jones isn't a true wide receiver. I mentioned that before. I've compared him yep. to a Debo Samuel-like, whatever. I'm not going to repeat that part. But I think he's going to be more of a jack-of-all-trades type in this offense. So you got a guy like Tajay Sharp, who's more of a receiver, like you mentioned with the route running. That's going to be a good dynamic for Justin. But then you got a guy like Vellis. You put him down at that wide, uh, wide receiver four spot. You never know how they're going to utilize this kid. He may be all over the field. And that's something that this Bears offense can do. They can give you different looks, different identities, and they can exploit different things if they do it well and do it successfully. But that's what you like when you have guys who are different on this team. Bayless, Tajay, they have two different players. Mm -hmm. One other thing that I wanted to touch on just from my observations from camp. I have been impressed with what I see from Justin Fields. Now, I know you get a lot of conflicting information that comes out from the media, fans that attend practices, whatever the case may be. You want to hear my honest opinion on this? I think Justin Fields has improved his technique. I yep. like that he has command over this offense. And I'm telling you, you can just tell a different look in his eye. He's got a different way about him right now. And the coaching staff has been impressed by the way that he's been grasping this offense. I really think that Justin Fields has that it factor. I don't care what everybody wants to pick apart, talking about inaccuracy and all that other shit. I don't give a fuck. This kid right here, each day in practice that I saw him in practice, I saw him get better, A-Dub. I saw if there was a, a practice, man, maybe the offense didn't do so well because the defense gave it to him a little bit. Well, guess what? Right. The next day, you saw Justin come back and do his thing. And then we started to see over practice, we started to see over the summer 
the Justice started to stack solid practices together. So I really was impressed by what I saw. This guy's a natural born leader, man. And even against the Seattle Seahawks, with his, you know, he only got out there to play a few possessions, right? You know, when he played one series. And he showed me a lot even in that one series. It's like, look, this kid is learning fast. But this kid, you right, has developed over time. And he's still learning. He's going to make some mistakes, of course. And to that point that you talked about him in that game, while everybody wants to pick on this guy and say he's not accurate, well, that's the thing that's been impressing me with the guy. Not only just the, ex the execution of the offense, but the accuracy and the efficiency of the way that he's running the offense. And I think that that's the stuff that I'm not uh, – that's the thing that enough people aren't talking about. I think you look at last season, some decisions he made, questionable passes throwing you like, uh-oh, why you do that? This coming around, you're like, oh, he's making better decisions with the ball. So you gotta that got to account for a lot. Yeah, it, 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 now it does. My last point and observation from training camp is the defense. This Bears defense, the one thing that I've been really impressed with day in and day out, seeing how Maddie Rafus works with those guys, is that they play with a lot of high energy. We see it in the games. We see it with Jaquan Brisker. When when that game went, we were Soldier Field, seeing how he was all over the field. Well, we've also seen that in practice. They've been playing right. with a lot of tenacity, A-Dub. And i tell you one thing. I know a lot of people, when Matt Eberfuss came in here with his hits philosophy, a lot of people was, excuse me, a lot of people was kind of like, eh, what the fuck is that? Is some buzzword, some bullshit? <laughs> but i tell you one thing, brother. No loafing with Matt Eberfuss on this, uh, there's going to be no loafing on this defense this season because they're going to call that shit out. Matty Bufus isn't going to stand for that. Allen Williams isn't going to stand for it. Right. And we got to give Allen Williams a lot of credit, man, because Allen Williams not playing around either with these guys. I know Eber Fuchs has been the one people talk mostly about, but, man, Allen Williams is no joke either. And he's actually still holding these players accountable to everything they need to do out there, man, to the hits, principal, everything else. And you can see it, that his impact is also taking a toll on this team in a positive way. And these players are responding, man. Looking at Dominique Robinson, you and I talk a lot about him, Perez. It's just that players on this defense are responding to it. Well, we, we'll get into specific players, but I wanted to just kind of just say that I think whether it's young players, whether it's older players, they all seem to have bought into his system. It's yep. his principle. And that's why I even kind of joked earlier about Jalen Johnson because Jalen Johnson admitted that he wasn't really familiar with it and he kind of was like, what is it? Like, what, what are we talking about here? But even he bought into it. And Jalen Johnson seems like the type of guy that he's going to push back on you, but eventually, if it makes sense, Jalen Johnson's going to ride with it. And that's what you want. You want a team that guys do have the ability to maybe push back and say, oh, what is this exactly? Hey, what, what do you have us doing? <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Nothing wrong with the challenge there, man. That's, that's fair. It's fair game with that part of it. But it looks like he caught on quickly. Mm-hmm. I am worried about the linebacker position, A-Dub. Now, that's one of the things that we haven't talked much about on this show. I'm glad Roquan is back. Nicholas Moreau, we know where we're going to get there. But where's the depth behind those guys? Now, we talked about Sanborn. He's been a preseason legend here. He'll probably end up making the 53. But where's the depth on this linebacker's unit? You know what I'm saying? I got some concerns about Adams. Talk to me about this linebacker position, bro. Sanborn, preseason standout? Yeah, that's preseason, though, too, which I am happy for him to show that he can play. But what that's going to look like in the season, does it transition over there? Can you be a playmaker when your time, when your, your number is called? And I think you're right. That depth piece of it, man, is going to be something we're going to need to see more of because after Roquan, you're like, ah, uh, not enough there. 
Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll pick up some guys and get cut from other teams. But right now, that's something that I'm just kind of looking at. Behind Roquan Amaro, I'm just kind of wondering what we got here. You know, uh, there's a chance with Caleb Johnson. I saw that he injured his knee. He may not yeah. even make the 53-man roster. I'm a fan of Caleb, right? You know, we like the guy. But it's like, man, when you start to get injuries, get hit that way at a critical moment. We got those concerns at linebacker. I think that defensive backfield, which last year was kind of, in my opinion, outside of Jalen, was kind of trash. I think that's <laughs> going to be the strength of this defense, man. I think really that secondary is going to help that defensive line make a lot of plays up front. Because as we start to see some of these preseason games, you know, hey, he don't mind sending a little blisters, you know, with some of these, uh, with the quarterback or with the safety. He don't mind doing different things. You got to give Eberflus credit there. But a guy like Kyler Gordon, who we talked about when we drafted him, He's the perfect fit for cover two scheme. Yep. And whether it's been him playing in the slot or playing outside, I've seen him showing ball hawking abilities. But that goes to show you how good Jaquar Brisker has been that people have not talked a lot about Kyler Gordon. Do not forget about this kid. This kid can play. And I tell you what, they brother, having those two rookies on that in that having those two rookies in that secondary. It's going to open things up for Eddie Jackson to play that deep safety position where he can roll and play center field. But also, think about what it's going to do for Jalen Johnson. Because mm -hmm. teams now are going to be forced to throw the football at him. Yep. Good luck with that. <laughs> exactly. I can see some turnovers happening for his. I really can, man. And that's what you get excited about is the fact that these guys in the secondary can cover. And that's most important to me because I remember we talked a lot about the defensive line and what they're able to do in years past, but if they can't hold up, we were already worried. We were we were struggling. Well, A-Dub, before we get out of here, a couple more things that I want to talk with the audience with. First thing, I want to get some of your camp standouts. Now, you mentioned Dominique Robinson. He can thrive coming off the edge. This guy has gotten better each time he comes out and play press. You start to see him continue to ascend. And I, I'm telling you, man, the more opportunities he get, more snaps he get, He's showing you something. So this is a guy I really do like. He's going, but man, this is a guy that can be part of the future. Well, I feel like the thing about him, you were very high on him when we drafted him. I kind of thought that Dominique Robinson, when he was selected, kind of went under the radar. And I look at the way that not only he's performed in these preseason games, but what I've seen out of him at practice. He's been impressive to me at practice. And if we want to talk about that Seattle Seahawks game. The guy put hits on that on the quarterback. Now, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks are trash. Now, Mike Marshall want to sit over here and talk about bad football teams. Talk to me about that goddamn Seattle Seahawks team. They don't even have a damn quarterback. <laughs> Geno Smith, bro, is in contention to be the starter. <laughs> Geno Smith. And you worried about you worried about Justin Fields over here, and you got Geno Smith as the starting quarterback in Seattle. Mike March, shut the fuck up. I ain't done with him yet. I can't believe that. I'm, I'm appalled that you got the nerve to be sitting over here talking about our quarterback situation with what the fuck Seattle over here tried now. Right. <laughs> they got a lot of problems over there at that point, friends. But to your point, man, that's something that we have to look at as well of what these guys have been able to do on, on this defense, man. They, they coming, bro. Yeah, so Dominique Robinson, he was very impressive in that game. And you got to think about his skill set, bro. We talked about it. This guy was a former wide receiver that converted to an edge rusher. Think about that right. type of ceiling and that type of athleticism. Man, boy, he's only scratching the surface. And he gets Agreed. to walk around 
Robert Quinn and gets to kind of get into Robert Quinn's bag a little bit, man, we might have a score right here, baby. We just might, Chris. And he's learning from one of the best to do it right now. So continue learning, kid. Continue growing. But So I thought he had a good showing against the Seahawks, but then the Chiefs as well. He had a, a, another good showing, had a sack, put really p- good pressure on the quarterback. I've seen he it consistently did. in camp. Hey, you guys just keep watching. Just keep watching. You already heard what Travis Gibson, Travis Gibson had to say about him. He said that Dominique Robinson is ahead of where he was at when he was a rookie. So just imagine what's coming down the pipeline, y'all. Oof, this kid going to be nice. He's going to be really nice. So you got Dominique Robinson. I got to say Sanborn. I know when we did our recap episode last week, you gave him the, the game ball. I mean, dude, Jack Sanborn, I'm not surprised. I told you, I told y'all when we signed him as an undrafted free agent. I said, ah, that was a steal. Those teams in the league are gonna regret not drafting him. Now, I'm not saying that this guy is gonna be a star player in the league, but he's gonna be a core special teamer. He's gonna be a nice reserve piece there. And he's gonna be somebody, if somebody gets hurt, that you're gonna bring him in and you're yeah. not gonna be concerned about him. I just hope we don't have any kind of concerns when the season started with him. Because right now, I am impressed with him. My biggest impression of him just from just being in camp, I'm not gonna I'm gonna separate what we see from the games, but I'm gonna talk about what I see from him at camp first. He plays with a lot of intensity. That is the thing that I've noticed with him in practice. And that's why I'm like, how the hell did this guy not get drafted? If you guys watch tape and you saw him play in college, he played with that same intensity, his instincts, knowing where to be. And then now we see in the games, A dub. The guy's making plays. He's all over the fucking field. Boy, I'm telling you, some of these people that had these jobs in NFL or scouts, man, I hate to come for people, but I don't understand how you guys don't draft a guy like this. How does he go undrafted? Sometimes you get a wonder, Perez, because the, the production he's putting out there, you're right, the energy level he's bringing, it's like, whoa, you all didn't see that? <laughs> you missed that, right? So it's like whoever watching these players, man, not doing enough detailing, man, to understand these players' game. Oh, no, no. Hands down. Hands down. Another guy on my list of camp standouts, Braxton Jones. No-brainer here. No-brainer. Fifth-round draft pick. Came in here and pretty much took that left tackle spot. I mean, he's been seeing work at the starting left tackle since voluntary workouts in the spring. That skill set of his, that was the thing that we saw down at the Senior Bowl with him. Now, when Riley Reef was signed, a lot of us kind of was thinking that Jones might not be the start. We kind of thought, oh, well, they're going to probably not throw Jones into the fire. Nah. Braxton Jones had another idea. He's like, fuck that. That's my <laughs> shit. Hey, look. Not only did he say that that's my shit, but in practices, I thought he's been solid. And in the preseason games, even though his snaps have been limited, I thought he's looked smoothed out there. And Kemp, I saw him battling with Robert Quinn. Hey, Robert Quinn won some. But, hey, I thought the Braxton Jones won some too. And so when you look, when you look at a guy like this, barring any sort of, like, upset or last-minute news, he's got to be the starting left tackle. And that's why I think that he's one of the bigger camp standouts on this team. Definitely one of the big standouts, and you tackle a lot of points about him, Chris. But the one thing I do like about him is that he wasn't afraid of any competition. No matter who the nah. Bears brought in, 
you want to bring in somebody to take this job? Guess what? You got to go through me. I'm still here. I'm not backing down. Oh, Robert Quinn getting best of me a little bit? Guess what? I'm going to come back at him. I'm not going to let him just show me up like that. So to be a rookie and do all that for us, that speaks a volume, man, for a kid like him. So I got to say, man, I, I like what he's done so far. He's gotten better as well for us. And you can just see, man, the potential in this kid. No, you definitely can. Some notable guys that I want to touch on, which we kind of, uh, we kind of like mentioned them earlier, but Tevin Jenkins, I think that he was a standout just because a couple of weeks ago, everybody wanted him traded out of town. I feel like not only has he resurrected his fortunes here in Chicago, but I feel like he might have resurrected his value in the, around the NFL. So I thought that this kid came back on a nice level. He showed you that he was willing to compete. He showed you that he was willing to come in here and get the job done. Tajay, Tajay Sharp, A-Dub, here's another guy. Yeah. We, don't, we don't have to retrace anything that we said earlier. The guy just did a tremendous job of taking advantage of his opportunities. And in addition to the chemistry that Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields have, have developed, I have been liking the, the chemistry that I've seen between Tajay Sharp and Justin Fields in practices. So this is another guy, in my opinion, that I think is notable to bring up. I think that he's done a really really great job out there for us. Tristan Ebner, ain't dope. Yeah. This is another guy, not only at camp, but in their games early. And I know he got a little nicked up in that game against Seattle. I'm sure it wasn't much. <laughs> it's just, a, you know, it's a preseason game. So they just kind of held him out. But the thing that I really have loved about him, bro, is just what he brings to that room, that running back room. Bro, he's got a nice, tough running style. You and I talk about his quickness. Yeah. Not only does he have the ability to make people miss, but he's gonna run hard. He ain't gonna avoid no contact, and I like that. I'm a fan, and uh, if he keep this up, man, he definitely gonna find himself on this roster and getting some of those reps in there. So, hey, keep it up, kid. You showing us something, and you giving us a different viewpoint of how you run, a different dynamic of how you run that's different from the other two we talked about, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. And again. Got to get, I got to get some props to our quarterback, Justin Fields. Everybody's so critical of all the different things that he doesn't do well, while we don't focus on what the kid does do right. His new throw motion, I've been really impressed with that. The confidence. Yep. Now we can sit up here and talk about his offensive supporting cast, but I'm looking at the fact of he's got this chemistry with Modi. He's got this chemistry with Cole Komet. I've been really impressed with the leadership that he's taken on. So he's got to be another one of my standouts. He's been healthy throughout camp. And I think the Justin Fields is going to have a really big season. I know a lot of people may not agree with me on that one, but that's my opinion. And guess what? I got the microphone. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, friends. Hey, I'm with you there, man. Never say that with Justin Fields. I echo everything you said. This kid is going to surprise a lot of people who are on board. And I'm telling you, man, they're going to start to see some of the, the, a lot of change in Justin Fields, a lot of his decision-making that you and I talked about already. But this kid, man, is accurate enough and can be if given time. And I think the biggest thing to worry about more so than Justin Fields is our offensive line. So people need to back up on Justin Fields. And Any guys that disappointed you from camp? Because I got a couple guys on my radar. Um, I, I think for me, I saw my boy, Thomas Graham Jr., hurt Perez. Uh -huh. To me, it just put a bad taste in my mouth because – it's been an ongoing thing for him, not being on the field, right? Not being a show that's enough, right? And for me, he was a guy who I said could possibly potentially be a starter. But when you're not playing, Perez, it's very disappointing. So for me, I got to pick him a little bit. I do hope he gets healthy. But, man, he's behind the eight ball on this because, you know, 
after our guys who talk about on the on, on the secondary press, after you know, um Jaquan Brisker and those guys, man, Gordon, who do we have left? And he was the guy that had a chance, but now with the injury, it's a major setback. So for me, gotta throw him out there a little bit, Press. No, I agree, because that was the guy that you were saying that was gonna win that start nickel spot. And I don't see that shit happening, A dub, which means <laughs> you lost that bet that we made earlier. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I sure did lost that bet. Yes, I'm calling him out for a reason. Lost the bet, too. <laughs> but I, I would say this, man. I think that I was disappointed, too, with Thomas Graham Jr. because I think he's got a shit ton of potential. And we yeah. knew going into this that him and Tavon Young, potentially, that was going to be a nice little position battle. But it hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. You know what right. I mean? I mean, shit, they both have missed time with injury. Yeah. <laughs> it don't help at all, does it, Prince? Because, like I said, after – Who's next? Who do you want? You want Duke Shelley out there? I mean, no. Ah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, ouch, after that. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh-uh. I would say another guy that I'm kind of looking at that didn't take uh, advantage of his opportunity, and it's also another guy, Dude Andre, Nikhil Harry. Now, when we traded for him, that was a guy that I was thinking, Shit, he could resurrect his career here in Chicago, a dub. But then he gets that high ankle sprain, has to have that surgery, and now we know he's gonna miss a couple months. Now he's gonna be behind the eight ball. Yeah, man, it's gonna be tough to get back during the season, Chris. You know how hard that is, man. <laughs> you try to climb an uphill battle, man. That's gonna be tough in itself. Now I don't think the all hope is lost for him. I just know that the spot that they have for him already ready and shiny for him just to come in here and just take it. Well, you don't know what Tajay Sharp going to do in these games while Nikhil Harry's out. We don't know what Avellis right. Jones or Byron Pringle's going to do. So my thing is, well, I'm not going to count the guy out. He's just going to be missing opportunities. Right. And again, that's what you got to fight through because, well, if some of these other guys are playing well for us, if Coach is going to give up on those kids who are playing, who are doing their job and doing the well for him, he's going to have to work and earn it. But you know, even if don't play, you got to earn this. We're not going to just hand it to you. No, nah, he ain't gonna hand nobody shit, and that's what I respect. <laughs> I like that's what I respect about the way that he operates things. I really do, because the way that Matt Eberflus coaches, he's old school. We need more of that here. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's gonna be important. So, hey, Doug, I want to turn it over to you. I want to get some of your thoughts and key takeaways from the Bears Seahawks game before we get out of here. Was Justin Fields connection? with Money Moon and Commit. You and I talked about it earlier, but it just shows they got some good chemistry going on. And that is a positive head into this next preseason game. You enjoy that part of it. The other thing you like as well, friends, is, hey, some other key notes who just showed up off the scene, man. Webster, this guy came out of nowhere, man. Just show <laughs> you that, hey, I can be a battle par, you know, a special teams as well. I can also play on that, can also play at the wide spot. So, I can be somewhat of a playmaker if given the opportunity. So this guy is showing you that, hey, look, I can run. When I get that football, I can make some things happen. So you start to see a, some positive things here, Perez, on special teams overall when you look at this uh, when you look at this team. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I remember Webster came in here last season fumbling the goddamn ball. They fucking cut his ass. But, you know, <laughs> I think the guy, he kind of learned. I think he learned his lesson from that. And you like you said, right now, special teams. There's an opportunity on this ball club because no one is taking the spot. They tried to get that shit to Daz. Daz didn't want it. 
<laughs> you got a guy like Webster, they may say, you know what? Let me get that. Let me get that. I got you. Now he's like, look, I'm going to earn my will on this team somewhere, somehow. And you're right. There's this position that's been up for grabs. That was one of them. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest takeaway from the, the game against the Seahawks was that I think that Luke Getty's system, we keep talking about the system, the system, the system. But I think it's going to suit Justin Fields just fine. Now think about the way that the game went. Now I know that Justin only played, what, one series, I believe it one was. Series, yep. One series, right. yep. But you got to think about it. They use a lot of tight end screens, designed rollouts to give him yeah. some breathing room to throw the football. That's how you get your quarterback comfortable, your young quarterback in the league. Get him out on the move. If that's how he prefers to have a clean pocket, that's what you do. And guess what? As a result of that, we have multiple first downs. And what was what, what was impressive with it was that the pressure did not get to Justin Fields. He was able to play through that. And that's what you like going forward, that this kid can play through that. Last year, of course, I mentioned before, had some struggles in that department. But right now, you can see the growth. And that's what you like. And I think also another reason why I like that you're moving him around a little bit and moving that pocket a little bit, because this offensive line, as I mentioned, is going to be a work in progress. So now right. you, you're helping the quarterback out there a little bit, but you're playing to his strengths, which did not happen last season. So that's that was one of the things that I really liked from this game. I talked earlier about Cole Komet, eh, Doug? Just from my observations yep. from him at practice. But when I looked at him in this game, I said, okay, he got targeted three times by Justin on that first series. He had two catches, 31 yards. He broke numerous tackles out there on that play. And I'm like, okay. Not only is Cole Kabir looking super fast out there, but brother, I have a I, and I'm telling you, this is this is not me trying to make any sort of a hot take. But I really think that he might become Justin Fields' favorite target in 2022. Hey, I got him against that, Perez. He looks ready. He's ready for the job, ready for the chance. We talked earlier about Tevin Jenkins. Now, while he does have some things to work on, I thought he looked natural and comfortable as a guard. That was another one of my takeaways from the Seattle Seahawks game. I yep. thought it was a success. Tevin Jenkins, as I mentioned earlier, proving a lot of people wrong, man. And if this kid continued to grow in that role, that right guard could be his. Not just for now, Perez, but for the future. Well, you got to think about his style of play. It's best suited for the guard position. As I've told the audience many times, Tevin Jenkins is a baller. He's physical at the point of attack. That's the type of guy that you want at the guard position. Now, we don't know if this is going to be a permanent position for him, but I'm telling you, I think he looks like he looks like a natural in the position. I really yeah. like what I saw from him. There was only one play when I rewatched the game and I kind of was doing a little bit of a breakdown. There was one play that was negative. He had a guy get past him, but he still recovered at the last second to push the guy away before it impacted the quarterback. But that was one thing that I saw. So that's something that I hope that they kind of work up I, I hope that's one thing AW, they work on to clean up with him, just, you mm -hmm. know, when he gets those speed rushes that kind of come, come at him. Yeah, absolutely, Perez. It's going to be a work in progress. Natural, it feels like this guy has been at that position for quite a while, Perez, and him being at right guard, I mean, it just seems to be a good fit. So I hope that he stays there, and I hope he continues to grow into it. My last takeaway from the game is I think that running back room, <laughs> that's the strength of this damn <laughs> offense, man. I mean, all, all training camp, bro. I've been really impressed by what I've seen. Now, yeah. David Montgomery's been out. That hasn't even been a, a problem because all the Ooh. rest of the backs have stepped up. Last week it was Tristan Ebner. 
This week it was Evans. And Evans is looking like quite a game player. With Luke Getzey, one of the things that we're starting to see from him, and I'm hoping this is what we continue to see when the season starts, he has been committed to the running game. If he continues to do that, I think there's a big chance that we're going to see four running backs make this team. Ooh-wee. That is a lot of backs right there, though, Brands, four of them. Yep. But they are solid, though. That's the thing. They are solid. They are serviceable. You don't lose a lot of ground, Perez, and that's what you like. So you don't have to overdo Dave Montgomery. You don't have to overdo Khalil Herbert. You got a couple of backs who can come in, get some snaps in, and do a, hopefully do a good job with you. So I feel proud to know that they got some backs, Perez, who wouldn't to come in and do a good job. And I'm just so glad that we don't have to fucking see Ryan Nall in a Bears uniform <laughs> in that running back role. I am so glad that we have real running backs in that reserve role now. And, yes, that was a shot to Big Dave. <laughs> I know Big Dave is going to hear that, friend. I know Big Dave got something to say. You picked up this boy Ryan Nall, man. I'm going to leave up to Big Dave to come back because you know he's going to say something, friends. Yeah, he always going to have something to say. He always going to have something to say. It's all good. <laughs> yes, sir. But, yeah, Ryan Nall, hell no. <laughs> hell to the no, no, no. <laughs> But I'll tell you, man, the brand of football that we're seeing from this team, and I know it's just preseason, but I really liked what I saw against – I really liked what I saw against Seattle. This brand of football that Matt Eberflus has brought here has been missing from this team for the last couple of seasons. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say the players didn't work hard for Nagy because they did. They played hard. I always told people he didn't lose the locker room. Right. But the thing that Matt Eberflus is bringing to this team that Matt – Nagy struggled with was discipline. This feels different right now. And I'm telling you, with Matt Eberflus, he's not going to put up with dumb penalties. Under Matt Nagy, we had a lot of penalties and a lot of things that killed drives, gave opponents uh, a chance to extend the drive. He's not going to allow that shit. We did not commit a lot of penalties in that game against the Seahawks. The Seahawks had over 10. <laughs> you, now, think about that, A-Dub. We're, the Bears are playing a road opponent. in Seattle, one of the loudest stadiums in the league. But we kept ourselves composed, and the mental errors were kept to a minimum. That's coaching. That is coaching, Perez. That's coaching, and have your team be more disciplined. Because last year we saw a whole lot of the penalties going on, which we, you and I, really were pissed with. But the seeing now how they get off to a good start with not having many penalties for us, it shows growth on this team. You're right. That all starts with coaching and holding people's feet to the fire there. So I like the fact that these guys are not creating a lot of penalties, whether it's on defense or offense. They're playing disciplined football. All right, man, before we get out of here, man, give me one of your player of the game. Who are you giving your game ball to? For preseason game number two against the Seahawks. I got to give you one, man. I'm going to go with my boy, Dominique Robinson. I just like the pressure that he brought early on. That's just the guy with them quarterback hits. That's just setting the tone, Perez. You're going to set the tone on defense, baby. That deserves a lot of credit. And that kind of showed you what the rest of that game was going to look like for Seattle going forward. Now, hey, listen, I can't dispute that one whatsoever. I'm going to go with Fellas Jones. Okay. Now, th now this is a guy right here that when, when the Bears drafted him, there was a lot of people that was making fun of the draft pick. I was just kind of looking at it like, well, he's not a wide receiver, but I kind of looked at the skill set and said, okay, he can help. 
but I'm like, but we need more. <laughs> right. And, and while you look at the game on offense, he only had one catch for four yards. But where I saw Vellis Jones really turn it up for me in that ball game is on special teams. Yeah. And that's where he showed you exactly what he could do in open space, whether it was returning punts, whether it was returning those kickoffs. I mean, he had that part return at the end of the first quarter. That not only we saw his speed, but the playmaking ability. That was all on one play. It definitely was, Perez. And that actually led to a touchdown, too, man. That's right. Uh, so that's what you like right there, putting your offense in position to score touchdowns. <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. Hey, man, if you're going to do that, Perez, that means he's done his job. Now, if I could give a second, like, a second game ball out, I got to give a second game ball to Tevin Jenkins and Larry Moore. Like okay. I said, I was really impressed by the youngins, and I really liked what I saw out of them. I thought they were very solid over there at the right guard and the right tackle position. They held up very good there, ate up at pass protection. And like I said, we talked about Evans in the running game. Well, those are the guys that was opening up the holes for them. Definitely mm-hmm. coming on that right side. They played a part. Underperformer, hate to pick on the rookie, but Kyler Gordon. He made his preseason debut. Overall, solid outing. And I, it's probably a little unfair that I'm picking him. But I think it's because of Jaquar Brisker has set the level so high that I just thought Kyler Gordon didn't flash as much as I thought he was going to do. I thought he struggled with his tackling out there. Me too. Yep. But we did see a glimpse of that speed of his because remember that one blitz he had off the edge early in the game? I thought that was really yeah. cool. But you got to work on that tackle. So I, I, I just got to, I got to pick on the, on the rookie a little bit. So that was a little underperformer I saw out there for me. <laughs> but he definitely got to show us more than that. And we have some high expectations out of him at that as well, Perez. But for me, I thought Keys was the guy for me, Perez, because he was getting beat in the secondary. Of course, he got cut, of course. But man, I was like, man, dude, he has some good showings, right? Some good deflections. But I'm like, dude, you're getting beat a little bit too much out there. So if you look at the tackles, it may make you look like he, he done a great job, but really, that you talking to the guy who catch these catches on you, really. <laughs> so I thought he was the guy I thought, you know, could have done better out in the secondary. But, man, he, he struggled a little bit, and they picked on him, too. They did. Jalen Jones as well. He was another guy. Now, that guy got extended reps against Seattle because there's an opportunity for that final quarterback spot. And right. Jones, he, they was beating his ass in coverage left and right. There was that <laughs> one drive. He got beat for a 41-yard play. Yep. But, again, Next play mentality because what we did see from the kid is that he responded after that. He made a couple he good did. plays following that rough series, but that's somebody that's got to really step it up against the Browns on Saturday. Yeah, he get another chance at it, press. He got to step up. I also thought that the game was a little hard to listen to because that that fucking announcement that 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 Monday night crew they were awful. They didn't seem prepared <laughs> for the game at all. And that's my final shot. It's just Lewis Riddick and his whole his whole team there. They were awful. Man, they talk more about Roquan Smith than anything else, man. Oh, my like, God, bro. Swear to God. I'm like, do y'all have another talking track here? Can we talk about the game? <laughs> and they, they, did, they didn't do a good job at all. I just hope they were to get a chance again. They better step their game up and really talk some real football because that's what people want to listen to what to hear. And also, too, Dan Orlovsky. Not understanding the importance of the will linebacker and Matty Bafu's defense. How the fuck you get paid all that money and you don't get that? And you say the dumb shit that mm. you said on that broadcast. Come on, man. We see who ain't doing their homework. <laughs> it's obvious. Bad place to show that is on national TV. 
You got to be in the show, man, that you know what you're talking about. Dude, that special teams touchdown that we had, I'm like, what are you talking about? They just – I was just scratching my head. I thought those guys were brutal. They were awful. Um, yeah, the thing is, some of, the, some of that I had to turn the TV down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look, you guys are just becoming more annoying. I really want to watch the game with a little bit more detail. But, man, they were kind of annoying, man, and a bit of a distraction. So I just hope that, you know, in the future they do a better job. That's what I hope. I hope so, too. I brought up special teams a second ago. I will be remiss before we get out of here to not give a shout-out to Trent Gill. Didn't give him a game ball. But this guy, second straight week in a row, this guy looks yes. like a seasoned veteran out there, boy. He booms those fucking punts. And uh, I really, really – Feel like we're not gonna miss Pat O'Donnell at all. No, nah, we not, man. He got some hang time on that kick ball. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we're gonna get there defensively. So yeah, I, I like what I see from him. So far, so good, Prez. Yes, sir. Well, as I mentioned, we got the Browns coming up here, the preseason finale. And Matt Eberflus revealed that the starters are gonna play for the entire first half. Cause I kind of thought early on, I'm like, eh, they probably ain't gonna play those guys. They'll probably sit people to avoid injuries. But, man, even Flus was like, no, we're going to get some work in. So what you looking to see out of this team on Saturday, bro? I'm, I'm glad they get – first of all, I'm glad to see the starters get some more reps in for sure, Perez, and play that many snaps. I think that's a good thing. But I'm looking to hope they can get some kind of consistency going into the next game right when the season kicks off. So that's what they need, Perez, some more time together. And I'm glad even Flus can see that. Yeah, it looks like what they're doing is they're going to actually simulate a game week. So that's why we're going to see that extended action. But he said reps are going to vary by player, which makes sense, right? A guy like Robert yeah. Quinn is probably not going to play into the first half, but a guy like Justin Fields probably will. Makes sense. Makes sense because that unit is going to need it. Roquan Smith, we'll probably see him out there. So I'll, I'll be excited to see how he looks out there with the defense. Yeah. So it'd be good for him to get out there, get some get some work going. So yeah, yep, he's gonna need it. Well, because they're trying to ramp him up. So right now, this is kind of like the ramp up phase. So we know we're yeah. gonna get out of 58. I am not worried about him at all. But I guess look going into this matchup, I'm gonna just be looking and seeing how that offensive line continues to jail, how they're protected for Justin. But I also want to see some of the wide receivers make some plays out here. That's what I'm really gonna be focusing on, seeing the type of plays that Justin Fields can make with those wide receivers. Hopefully, we see them take a couple shots down the field as well. Yeah, that's what I hope for, right? Thus far, it'll be great to see, you know, of course, you know, me, Money Moon, get some, <laughs> get some shots down there. I'd love to see the line hold up well enough to where you can do that. Well, listen, audience, I know we had a lot to unpack with this episode today. Glad you hung in there with us. We are so glad that this NFL season is on the horizon. A-Dub, I don't care what the analysts say about our Chicago Bears. I'm just excited that football is back. Well, I'm <laughs> glad that we'll be able to record two shows a week again. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Winter Circle coming up, baby. We got the Bears coming up, baby. You know, it's going to be good. Very entertaining season. Oh, shit. Now you mentioned that's three episodes a week because the Winter Circle is outside of the Bears. What I was talking about, we do our game recaps, we do our preview shows, and then yeah, you just – you just reminded me, Winter Circle. Ooh, we giving y'all three shows a week once the season starts. We are so good to y'all audience. I hope y'all remember <laughs> us. Hope y'all remember that. <laughs> I hope so too, friends. And man, I was looking forward to a great season, man. Win or lose, it's going to be awesome, baby. Yes, sir. But listen, man, 
On to the Cleveland Browns. Audience, thanks for your continued support and for helping make us a top-tier Chicago Bears podcast. We're the Bears Essentials, and we are out this bitch. <laughs>